530 in the book. When you look at the Bible, page 530. And it's Isaiah 63. 62, excuse me. Okay, let's back up to 61 for the last uh, verse 12. Okay. Verse 11 of uh, 61. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes the things sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. As Art told, told you last week, um, we're, we're winding down and, and we're looking at the time that we've talked about so many times, which is this thousand year rule and reign, which we've called a millennium, which Isaiah looked to. And uh, if you've been reading the Bible through with us, uh, in, uh, you just finished Jeremiah and you had some of the same themes and we're going to look at just a little bit of that today. <clears throat> but the Lord's in control. And He starts off in verse, six, uh, verse 1 of 62. For Zion's sake, I, that's the Lord God, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. <clears throat> There's several things that are holy unto the Lord. And he, He's talked about them from the very beginning. He said, the Sabbath is holy unto me. Six days you will work, the Sabbath is holy unto me. And of course, the idol worship, He said, don't do it. And that's been the theme of Isaiah and Jeremiah because of their disobedience through the years and they worship these idols. He said, I'm going to bring calamity. And we've talked all about the Syrians and, and, <clears throat> and the Babylonians. We'll say a little bit more about that today. But Jerusalem is a special place for all. Who's behind the post? Brad, what are you doing behind the post? <laughs> okay. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, you know I thought I saw something there. I said, hey, the okay. How'd you mean, <laughs> he's, he's a big man. I agree with that. I couldn't see him for the post. I'll back up a little bit. <clears throat> and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. And he says there's three things that he... Because until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning, the nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. The nations, the Gentiles, everybody is going to see the righteousness and the salvation and the glory that he's going to bring into Jerusalem. And he says in the next part of that verse, verse 2, and you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will designate. And he will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. And a royal diadem, a crown, in the hand of your God. Verse 4, for I will no longer 
be said to you forsaken. Nor in your land will it any longer be said desolate. But you will be called my delight in her. Now hold your finger there. We're going to do a couple of little running here. Turning to, uh, to Jeremiah 52, that's 582 in the Bible. And if you've got another finger, go to page 254, and that's 1 Kings 7. He said, No longer will you be forsaken. Okay. Jeremiah 52. He's He's talking here, it's in 582 in your little Bible. He said, the title is the fall of Jerusalem. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he reigned for 11 years in Jerusalem. Uh, <clears throat> verse 3, for the anger of the Lord, uh, this came about in Jerusalem and Judea until he cast him out from the pre his presence. Verse 4, now it came about in the ninth year of the reign, uh, <clears throat> the tenth day of the tenth month, that Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came. Okay. <clears throat> and verse 7, And the city was broken into, and all the men of war fled, went forth from the city <clears throat> at night by the way of the king's gates. <clears throat> Look at, um, at verse... Um, in verse 12, now on the tenth day of the fifth month, which was in the nineteenth year. So he says up there in verse 4, it was the ninth year. Here he says it's the nineteenth year. So the siege in, in Jerusalem lasted a long time. Ten years, so to speak. And he lived, they literally starved them out as it was. And... Uh, <clears throat> Verse 14, so all the captain of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Uh, <clears throat> verse 17, now the bronze pillars which belonged to the house of the Lord and the stands of the bronze sea, which was in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke into pieces and carried their bronze into Babylon. Look at verse 20, two pillars, one sea, Twelve bronze bulls that were under the sea, and all the stands which King Solomon had made for the house of the Lord. The bronze vessels, all of these vessels were beyond weight. All right, hold your finger there and go to page 254, which is 1 Kings 7. 1 Kings 7. He's talking about. Um, Solomon built the, the, the place. Right? First, first Kings 7, verse 23. Now he made a sea of cast metal, ten cubits from brim to brim, circular in motion, in form. And its height was five cubits, thirty cubits, and under the brim went in, in circle, and so forth. Verse 25, he stood on twelve ox, three facing north, west, south, east. The sea was <clears throat> set toward the top of them and their rear parts turned inward. 
Look at verse 47 of chapter 7. Solomon left all the utensils unweighed because there were too many, and the weight of the bronze could not be ascertained. 400 years from the time that Solomon built, built the temple, Nebuchadnezzar tore it down. And you see the parallels here. And it was desolate. It was, it was gone. It was nothing there. And Isaiah told you here, he says in verse, in verse 4, back to Isaiah 62, it will no longer be forsaken, nor your land will any longer be desolate, but you will be called my delight in her. Jerusalem, even today, is not to the form of glory that it was. And it won't be, according to what Isaiah says, until end times, until, until the millennium. Now, let's look at the latter part of verse uh, 4. But you will be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. And what uh, that is, is it compares to the happiness of marriage that the land will be back to its former glory. For the Lord delights in you, and to him your land will be married. For as young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. So Jerusalem is precious in the sight of the Lord and the Lord says, I'm going to restore it. It's not, it'll be back to its former glory. But it's desolate. But it will no longer be desolate because I'm going to, I'm going to renew it. Now, this is a sidebar. So we're going to pause and we're going to go somewhere else. You know, your teacher, I'm kind of a renegade anyway, so anyway, we're going to, we're going to do something else. All right. <clears throat> you that don't have the New American Standard, if somebody got the, the NIV or King James or does anybody? NIV. You got the NIV? Okay. Read the latter part of verse 4, uh, Don. And your land. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. And that's the NIV? Yes, sir. Okay. And what have you got? You got you got the You got the NIV. I've got New King James. Okay. What does it say? You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land be any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Esphaba, and your land Beulah. And the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. All right. Beulah. Beulah. All right. Let me see if any of you remember this. Oh, 
I've read parts of it. Have you read Pilgrim's Progress? A long time ago. It was required reading. So from Pilgrim's Progress, a couple of songwriters have picked up this thing of Beulah Land. Beulah Land. <coughs> what else am I going to say about it? <laughs> that <coughs> this is the only time in Scripture that Beulah is mentioned. And we have been influenced because of our songs and what it is. I, be, I was singing, you know, dwelling in Beulah Land when I was a little bitty boy because that's, that's what they sang. And when Mary Ann and Mother got around the piano, more times than not, we wound up singing dwelling in Beulah Land. Uh, I had no idea until not too long ago, not too long ago, we got a funeral here. And somebody came to me and said, Chris, Tell me about Beulah Land. I used a real politically correct thing. I says, I'll get back with you. <laughs> so when I, so I, I went back and went to, to study what, uh, what Beulah Land was. And so this is what we've come up with. And we finally hit it in Scripture. So Isaiah 62, verse 4, the only time it's ever mentioned in Scripture. And it has nothing to do with heaven in this context of Scripture, but it has everything to do with it when you sing these two songs that we just played a little bit of. Okay. Back to Isaiah 62. We'll, we'll, we'll get away from that. That's, that's free, okay? <laughs> Verse 6. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. Alright. Hold your finger there and go to page 613. It's Ezekiel 33. <clears throat> 613. Ezekiel chapter 33. Watchman mentioned several times in scripture, but this is probably the most famous part, and it gives the duties of the watchman. It gives the duties of the watchman. All right, six thirteen, Ezekiel thirty-three, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, "Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon your land and the people of the land," Take one man from among them and make him their watchman. And he sees the sword coming among, among the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people. Then he does, then he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood will be on himself. But had he taken warning, he would have been delivered his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. 
So now for you, O son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. So you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. Now what we have we said before, we are redeemed Israel. So what the Lord speaks to Israel, we can apply to us as being that. As for you, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for the house of the Lord. Who is our watchman? Who is our leader? Who is our pastor? Pastor Larry. He is our watchman. The scripture says he has a God-given responsibility to warn us. If we listen to the warning and obey, we're, we're good. And he doesn't have any blood on his hands. But if he fails to warn us, if he fails to warn us, the blood on his hands. I know the man enough in this little short period of time that he wants to do exactly what the Lord wants him to do. And he wants to be the watchman for us. And he wants to warn us. And step on our toes, make us get right, whatever is required, because he is being obedient to what the Lord is telling you to do. He is our watchman. And we need to listen to what He says and how He says it. These days that are coming, we don't know. We have no idea. But it's going to get worse, I'm afraid, before it gets better. If it gets better. We need to heed what the man says. Now, back to Isaiah 62. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed a watchman. I have appointed a watchman. All day and all night they will never keep silent. For you who remind the Lord to take no rest for yourselves and give Him no rest until He establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. He prays in the earth. The Lord has sworn, sworn by His right hand, by His strong arm, I will never again give your grain as food to your enemies, nor will foreigners drink uh, your new wine for which you have labored. But those who have garnered it will eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. What Isaiah is saying is that the Lord has said, you keep reminding me of what I said I was going to do. You keep telling me what we were going to do. From time to time we see email posts and we see stuff that's coming around and says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's legitimate. 
remind the Lord of what he said he was going to do. I didn't write down um, the page number, but go to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 10. Um, does that ring a bell? This, this is another one of those chapters that you need to know when your, grand, when your grandkids come to see you and they, they need to, you need to tell them um, where they can find the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I did say ten. It was six. <laughs> Matthew chapter six, verse ten. My dyslexia is popping up again. Matthew chapter six. Okay, let's look at this. This is the Lord's prayer, verse nine. Pray then in this way: Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at verse 10 again. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What's Jesus talking about there? Your kingdom come. 